All right, welcome to another episode of Bitches Love Sports. Um, we're on camera this time, which is different for us. And we normally start at five, which wouldn't be an issue, except that we have a guest coming on exactly at 5.30. So it's kind of like being live, but not. <laughs> like, this is going to be pre-recorded, but I just feel like we're on a time crunch. So I don't know what's about to happen with this intro that we have planned. Anyway, I planned some shout outs. I'm going to try to get through them. So first shout out, can you, I'm, I'm going to grab yeah, this. Yeah, so I had to take like three tries to try to make this for bitch one, because this is not for cookies. Yeah. But I made you. <laughs> oh, this is so fucking great, y'all. So first shout out goes to Zavery Cakes. They make pancake molds that I use for a cookie. Um, yeah, so that is a Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a cookie. Um, and I got this for you. So you can make yourself more cookies or pancakes. Um, Zavery Cakes, shout out to you for an awesome product. I love it. Whenever you're ready to make a Devin Booker one, like hit me. Yes, well, let me know. Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, LeBron, oh. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis. And no, you don't have, no you don't have Dear Book. How are we gonna Dear Book? Hit up the people at Zavery Cakes. Yeah. Slacking. Oh, this okay. is fucking amazing, y'all. Have you seen this? It's a giant cookie. <laughs> I'm so glad you're so excited. That I'm so sense. excited. It took me like three tries to figure out how to get the cookie. So oh, like, this is amazing. It makes it worth it. I'm so excited. All right, let me run through the rest of these shout outs. On the last episode, we talked about how there's way too much stuff for us to cover. And so we we're like, we can't cover anything because somebody asked us about covering college sports. So I'm going to try to do these shout outs. Um, shout out to Sloan Stevens, an American female tennis player. Um, it had been a while since the last time I watched her play, and she was looking really good in this last match that she had during the U.S. Open. So in the second round of the U.S. Open, she defeated Coco Goff in two straight sets. And Coco was another one of my favorites, so I kind of hated to see them compete against each other so early. But it was really good to see Sloane do so well. Um, on Friday, she was defeated by a German, Angelique Kerber. She won the uh, first set seven games to six. But then um, on Saturday morning, she got on Instagram and talked about some of the racist and abusive messages that she received following the loss. Apparently something like 2000 plus racist messages and death threats. And so in addition to shouting her out for, for playing so well, I wanted to shout her out for being so brave because I think it takes a lot to open up about those kinds of experiences and how they affect you and to just shed a light on something that um, is apparently affecting several athletes. There was another tennis player who said um, after a loss during her press conference, she said, oh, well, now I have to look forward to the death threats on Twitter. And it's a crying shame. Some people are uh, attributing it to the increase in betting. Um, either way, like, I don't care. Matter. It shouldn't matter. Like, right. It shouldn't. <laughs> But for whatever reason, people are finding it acceptable to go on social media and address these uh, athletes this way. And so shout out to Sloan for putting a spotlight yeah. on it. Hopefully something can be done about it soon, either through these platforms yeah. or through the betting agencies, whoever. You definitely have our support. All right, next shout out goes to Francis Tiafo, an American male tennis player. 
I never saw him play until Sunday, but I heard he was box office. So I wanted to watch. <laughs> and he's definitely box office. Um, he won the first set against 12th ranked Canadian Felix Agra Ali. I didn't. Okay, so first of all, I didn't practice this. <laughs> Secondly, I'm getting this weird echo in my headphones. It's making everything difficult. So he won the first set against 12th ranked Canadian Felix Agra Ali Asime. And Felix himself isn't ranked, but he, he did pretty well against the 12th ranked Canadian. Um, the match was over three hours long, and despite the loss, yes, it was indeed a box office match. I'm going to be keeping my eyes on him. Felix is actually going to be competing for the championship. So, I mean, if you got to lose to somebody, like, might as well lose to somebody. <laughs> like, first, <laughs> He's going to a know. championship, right? Right. Um, shout out to Molly Karam Rose. First Take is using a new uh, format for their show. Now, Molly is not an athlete. Uh, but she's one of the OGs when it comes to sports and media. Uh, she's been an, a moderator at First Take for a long time. And uh, let's be real, Stephen A. Smith is a handful. Um, so on Monday, they brought Michael Irvin as a guest. And she did a really good job of wrangling Michael Irvin and Stephen A. Smith. So <laughs> just for being able to take that on as a female moderator in the sports industry. Uh, shout out to Tom Brady for being funny on Twitter, making fun of himself for not being featured on Drake's album. That's so fucking funny. I, I checked the tweet and I was like, really? <laughs> all right, I might actually become a Tom Brady fan. It was really um, funny. It was really funny. All right, let's see if we can speed through the rest. Shout out to Devin Bickler for renovating some of the ba basketball courts in Biloxi. Um, that was a really good service to the community. He hired Mr. Cartoon to do the artwork on oh, the courts. Cool. So really good work there shout out to Deion sanders for being such an outspoken advocate for athletics programs at historically black colleges and universities he's using his celebrity in a positive and impactful way in my opinion and he's not only drawing attention to the talent and potential of these schools but he's putting a spotlight on the culture and he's improving the program at jackson state which i believe will impact yeah. the expectations for other schools and push them to improve as well um, sure. Barstool Sports has a six-part documentary called Coach Prime. It's available yeah. on YouTube. Have you seen it? No, but I, I have it on my list to watch next. So <laughs> I'm ready. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's good so far. I've seen like one and a half episodes. <clears throat> All right. So we have some other shout outs. They're NFL related, but I'm going to skip those so I can bring our guests on. Um, but then the next shout out that wasn't uh, NFL related was going to be to the WNBA. <laughs> For this uh, genius thing they've got going on with the W25, <clears throat> I've seen people talk about the WNBA more in the past two days than maybe all <laughs> yeah. season. It's come just up on my feet a lot. Who's actually yes. the GOAT. Yes. And I saw somebody on Twitter like, some of y'all don't know WNBA history and it shows. And I was like, look, <laughs> the audience is growing. So yes, some people are engaging right. in this conversation mm -hmm. that don't know the history, but the fact that they care enough to talk about yeah. it and tweet yeah. about it. I'm here for it. Yeah, so whether you know the history or not, thanks for supporting. Um, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to bring on our resident boss bitch. She was on the show before. Mm. So if you watch the episode on or listen to the episode on the NFL and taunting, she was on there. Check out yourpotentialforeverything.com for more information about her and all the work she does. And if you are a woman or a minority or anybody trying to start a sports business, whether it's a bitch. sports related business or a team or a league, she's your woman. 
So we're gonna bring on Alex Sinatra. Hey. How are you? How are you? Oh man, this view. Goodness gracious, I should have brushed my hair. Holy, okay. <laughs> All good. You look great. You look great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, have you been paying attention to the W25 thing going on? I have. I've been paying attention to people arguing about it, which I love. Right. I love Me when too. people argue about who is the best athlete. I love that people are caring about the WNBA in a way that I haven't seen before, like you've said. And I mean, I have my WNBA, you know, all time greatest go, but I don't know what, what, it, who do you, who did you guys pick? <laughs> I was looking at that list and it was tough. But one thing I do appreciate is the fact that you can vote more than once. <laughs> you can vote for more than I one person. I almost texted so you when I saw me. it. I'm like, ooh, she's going to love this. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I voted for um, Lisa Leslie. I voted for Diana Taurasi, who if out of everybody on that list, if we think of who's going to ultimately be a GOAT, it's definitely going to be one of those two. I mean, Tarazi, like she just shows no signs of wanting to quit. So she, <laughs> might just, she might be, she might get the title just for longevity's sake, you know. But also Brittany Griner, she's one of my. I was all, I'm like, if she doesn't say Brittany Griner, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. But like Brittany Griner, greatest of all time, all time. Okay, so to be honest, <laughs> do I think she's actually the goat? Like, no. Like, if somebody's like Brittany Griner, Lisa Leslie. No, <laughs> like, okay. you know, okay. but Good. the fact that I can vote for more than one person, I'm going to vote for my favorite, which is what a lot of people are doing. Yeah. At the end of the day, I do think it's kind of a popularity contest, but so yeah, I'm going to vote for my fave. You haven't voted for in addition to the, huh? Um, oh yeah. Candace Parker. I, I was like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, since I can vote for, four for everyone on the list and then you voted multiple times for different people. Okay. Got exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so for anybody listening, you can vote by tweeting. You can vote with the Twitter handle of who you think should have the title of the GOAT. And the hashtag, is it WNBA GOAT vote? Uh, w, uh, can't remember. But there's also, you can vote also on the app. And yeah. You can vote on, the, <laughs> on their website. I believe it's WNBA GOAT vote. But if you go to the WNBA Twitter or the article that they were yeah, writing on their website, there. yeah. it's yeah. them folks there. Hmm. Who'd you vote for? It's almost like scary to do that. I haven't officially voted, but it's like when you put out who you think is the GOAT, people get very rabid. So I always get like when people are like, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite player? Who's your? I'm always like, it's like mm. your favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly think that uh, if I had to pick someone, it would be Diana Taurasi. I mean, to yes. be honest, she's done so much for the game. She's such a phenomenal player. She's grown phenomenally. She is just a phenomenal presence on and off the court. And when you watch her play, you're just, you're amazed, right? And just yes. to hear about the stuff that she does kind of on the court, like the shit talking that she does, it's really yes. funny. I saw an article recently, yeah, where someone, I don't remember what player it was, but she said, you know, I was standing next to Diana Taurasi and, uh, it was for a free throw and she was standing next to me and she said, Hey, you should call your mom. And she, the player was like, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you should call your mom. And so after the game, she calls her mother and she's like, Hey, you should call your mother and say hello. She calls her mother and says like, Hey, Diana Taurasi says hello. And her mom was like, I don't know her. 
I think she was averaging three blocks before last night, but I think she must have gotten at least five or six during the game last night. Made me wish I had driven up the road just to watch them play in Dallas. <laughs> right. I, it's it's amazing. And honestly, for the Connecticut Sun to have done as phenomenally as they did against the Wings last night, and the Wings have Arike on their team. I mean, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen her play in person. I, my jaw was to the floor when I watched her play in person. Like, I was there to support the Sun, but I was like, I can't help but like give some claps right now when she makes moves, you know, because like for me, that's the type of sports fan that I am or the, the viewer of sport. If someone makes a phenomenal move, whether or not they're on the team that I am rooting for, I I give props for that because that is phenomenal talent. And for the, the son to be able to do what they do and have Arike on the other side and like shut her down. Like in this last game, I think someone on the Connecticut Sun, I can't remember her name, took Arike and held her to single digits or something. Yeah. It was like the first time that was season, like, some crazy statistic. <laughs> and like Arike, like I, she, I mean, she's, if you're looking for someone that's going to be a goat eventually, like, I mean, it's her, <laughs> it's her, you know, like for a young player, it's, I mean, it's her. So yeah, I'm I'm all about the Connecticut Sun. I was really unhappy that they didn't win the Commissioner's Cup, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, it was just a warm up for the championship. Like, ah, oh, you didn't win the Commissioner's Cup, but you get a ring. That's okay. Right. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes even great teams need that experience just to <laughs> kind of light a new fire under them, you know, for the rest of the season. Exactly, and that's that's a big stage, you know. And so playing in a WNBA Finals is a different ball game. I mean, no pun intended, but it's something different than playing in a regular season game or even playing in a championship in college. So for them to be able to get kind of a modified watered down experience of a quote unquote championship like atmosphere with the WNBA Commissioner's Cup, that was only positive for them and their team, especially the young people on their team. Now, speaking of the Commissioner's Cup, that along with the W25, along with the high number, in my opinion, of digital platforms on which WNBA games are being shown seem to all be part of a strategy by the WNBA to increase viewership. And it does feel like there's more buzz about the games and especially the playoffs in the years past. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I would definitely say it's accurate. The viewership of the WNBA has increased dramatically over the past 25 years, but specifically in the past couple years, Viewership has increased a lot. There's been a lot more money poured into it. I mean, just recently, maybe not recently. I mean, it's COVID time. So I don't know if it's recently. I think it was like six months ago, (laughs) eight months ago, like relative recency. They, you know, they released the all different sorts of jerseys, right? The Rebel Edition jersey and all of that. And it was in Dick Sporting Goods, right? Dick Sporting Goods is a huge mm-hmm. sponsor of the WNBA and women's basketball in general and women and sports where women are playing in general as well. And I mean, some of those places were like sold out. Some of the Dick awesome. Sporting Goods outlets actually weren't supposed to have put the jerseys out, but it was like a strategic leak of some sort, I guess. And people were like, there was a buzz. It was like called WNBA Jersey Gate all over Twitter. Like I wrote an article about it. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable because people were like having other people in different cities 
try to go to the Dick Sporting Goods to see if the jerseys were out and then take pictures so that people could see them ahead of time. Like it was like <laughs> this, whole, this whole thing. And it was like this mystery. And people were like on Clubhouse, like talking to each other via audio. Like, oh, I'm about to go walk into this like Dick Sporting Goods in Phoenix. I'm going to see if they have a Mercury gear. Like, oh, I'm about to walk into this city. I'm about to walk into here. And so for me, that was really cool to see people getting really excited about these additional jerseys right and the connecticut sun have a jersey that is based all around the mohegan tribe um, and they actually have a very close relationship with native american tribes in their area and so i believe that they're partially owned by some indigenous tribes and so oh, their awesome. jerseys as well one of their jerseys is actually created based upon one woman in this tribe and she's a matriarch and it's just it's really cool and so there are actual That's stories amazing. behind some yeah. of these jerseys these additional jerseys that these WNBA teams are creating and I mean, it's another stream of revenue for these players as well. Oh, for sure. You know? oh, for and sure. so that's really, really cool. And if you're going into a sporting goods store and you're a female and you're an athlete and you can't find jerseys or shirts with your favorite players' names on them and numbers on them, what does that say? It says that right. people don't care, right? It says that you're less important than other right. people, right? And, you know, that's that's a difficult thing because these athletes work just as hard in the gym, but harder off the court because there's right. not much money or funding or publicity. It's becoming more, but with the WNBA saying, okay, we're going to create another line of revenue for you. And not just that people are hungry for it. Those jerseys sold out in mm -hmm. certain stores, you know? And so that's really, really cool. They did spell some of the players' names wrong, so I don't know what Nike was doing with that. Um, but, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a whole issue. But it's nice to see these additional streams of revenue coming and that people, that there's an appetite for the purchase of these as well. It's a wise thing the same thing in sports where women are playing, you know? Right. Exactly. I thought about that when I saw the popularity of the NFTs, um, the WNBA released a bunch of NFTs recently, and some of them- I got them, one. <laughs> you got one? I got I one, too. I don't know how much one. it's worth. Huh? I got up for the free one. What? Yeah, I, I did get a free one. I don't know how much it's worth, though. Yeah, I didn't check, but, but I was really excited. They're like, yes, you signed up in time to get like the first ever WNBA NFT, and I was like, hell yeah. And I was <laughs> like, ooh, this is cool. <laughs> but I saw that some of them were going for eleven to $20,000. Which to some people who are used to big numbers in sports might not sound like a lot. But if you think about the fact that there are a lot of WNBA players who their entire annual salary is like $60,000 right. and they mm -hmm. have NFTs going for 20000 So it's like, what does that say about the potential for that type of thing for right. revenue for the WNBA and what that could do to the wages that the players receive? Yeah. So that was really exciting. Yeah. Um now, speaking of promotion, I wanted to get your opinion on this idea that I've seen kicked around. It came up in a conversation between me and one of my guy friends recently, but it's about this idea of mixed gender basketball games to help promote WNBA players and the game as a whole. Um, I'm going to share a video real quick where a couple of announcers, one of them who I'm not a fan of because I just didn't like how he... Um, <laughs> how he expressed himself. <laughs> Give me one second. How much did I bite of this cookie? 
It's not a soft cookie. It doesn't matter. Tastes like Giannis. Did you just say it tastes like Giannis? I would oh, not want to know what that tastes like, I don't think. But I'm not, though. Baby mama oh, would you be on this podcast. You mean it tastes like victory, right? It tastes like victory? Like a, That's what I meant. See, she knows. It tastes like victory. <laughs> All right. Here's the video coming through. I have an idea, Brenda. What's that? It might sound crazy. Uh-oh. You know what I think would be cool? What's that? I'd love to see... An NBA WNBA tournament combined, if possible, where the ladies and the men would play together in a tournament. So you could see, say, Diana Taurasi play with LeBron James against Sue Bird and Kevin Durant, something like that. Well, kinda, Obviously, the rules would have to be modified. They kind of had something like that in the All-Star Weekend way, but it was more about from like a shooting competition standpoint, and it was with uh, past retired players from the WNBA and NBA. But I think you could do some shooting competition. One on one, I don't know if you. I mean, two on two, I don't know if you want to get into that. Because I don't. I wouldn't want to no, see some five on five. Oh, you want to see five on five? I just. I don't. I don't know about the five on five. You think? I, I can see from a shooting standpoint. From a shooting standpoint. Angel, what do you think? I don't know. I. Th I really like your decision, Gus. I think you should probably go to some uh, higher ups and discuss what that would look like. Oh, you like? We've that? already seen it in Space Jam, the Monstars, and what Diana Taurasi and Neka Hukumike well, did mixed with LeBron. In tennis, Clearly, I mean, you know. that was a, a nice mix in there. But would you really want to see? Deanna, Diana Taurasi matched up with LeBron James on the switch. No, I'm not saying like that. Well, <laughs> no, so there'd have, to be, the there'd have to be rules. Okay. It, it wouldn't be the same. Okay. But there'd have to be some modifications. All right. <laughs> A modification. I'm going to let y'all handle the modifications. I'm going to stay I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm going to stay right. over here. Well, anyway, it's just an idea. Yeah, I'm going to let y'all like handle that. I like the idea, guys. Brittany I think Grimes, that's really cool. Brittany Grimes can go against Booby. Because okay. she already said that she could take it. Take who? DeMarcus Cousins. She said she could take DeMarcus Cousins where? She thinks she, she'd wear him out. You didn't hear that? In basketball? The next point that they were about to talk about was when Brittany Griner said that she could uh, beat DeMarcus Cousins one-on-one. -on -one. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I said that one announcer kind of annoyed me was because of his emphasis on like, oh, they would have to change the rules. I don't necessarily think that they would have to change the rules. And maybe that's because of my perspective playing a contact sport. Like maybe. And we play co-ed too. And yeah. like. <laughs> so maybe I'm just thinking about this from the completely wrong perspective. <laughs> what do you I think? I like the idea of mixed basketball, mixed gendered basketball, because like one of the announcers said, you have that in tennis, you have mixed doubles right? Mm -hmm. That happens. Mm -hmm. You have it actually in track and field as well. Well, there's certain like relay races that are sometimes done mixed gendered. So it's possible. I think the fact that people are phenomenally biased against the talent of athletes who are female and they're very biased against sports where women are playing because they believe it's a watered down version. And that's always frustrated me, right? I mean, in certain situations, yes, the physical strength of one gender versus the other gender on an average can be different biologically. I get that. I'm not a crazy person who doesn't understand that. However, I've seen some basketball players whoop some basketball players that were male. I've seen some females whoop them, not because they're brutally stronger, 
but because they're more finessely talented, they're right? Talented. They have they're better hands. Yes. They're, and they're more able skilled, to they're more talented. Past, do a little roll, Euro step, and then, you know, <laughs> finger roll it up into the basket, right? So I've I've seen that. I've also seen women who can kick field goals better than some place kickers. I mean, you know, like I've seen some mm-hmm. soccer players who are female who just completely just <laughs> crazily dominate males on the pitch. So for me, <clears throat> I like the idea of not having it be like half court, having it be full court, because if you make it a smaller space, the height and the strength is going to give the advantage to the guys every time. Maybe they don't have to be as quick because they're like, oh, well, my wingspan is like, you know, almost double of this female, right? This So for that, I think that if you did like five on five and you did like a half court or something like that, like, I don't think that would go very well for the females, depending on what male athletes and what female athletes you're pairing, right? But the same can be said with like a Brittany Griner against, I don't know, like that the shortest point guard that ever played in the NBA, I forgot his name, but he was five foot four. So do I think um, that Brittany Griner would be able able to dominate him? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that even a question? (laughs) And and that's like, a LeBron, though, if you place like a LeBron against, I don't know, like a Dijonet Carrington, I mean, LeBron's probably going to dominate her because she's very quick and she's very smart, but she's kind of little, you know, and right. he's very, he has a huge wingspan. So I just think not purely from the skill level, I think purely from the physical monstrosity that LeBron is that he would probably dominate most female players from sheer size and strength and supplements. He does that to some male players though. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like when he was saying like, well, do you really want to see the, like Diana Taurasi against LeBron? I would love to see that. Yes. Do I think though that Diana Taurasi is going to like completely dominate LeBron? No, I don't think no. that. But I think she's going to get some really impressive shots off. Oh, yeah. Right. He'll be run for his money for sure. Watch, you know? Exactly. It would be a good competition. And I think that's what people sometimes miss when ideas like this are brought up. It's just the idea of seeing the competition. And I think sometimes they're thinking about the average man versus the average woman. But I think whenever you're talking about elite athletes, oh yeah, you're talking about a situation where it's much more competitive. Because like even how we were talking just now about you know how some of the WNBA players, you know, they're just able to move in a different way. They are able to use different skills and different strategies. One of the players from the Connecticut Sun, I saw her sprint so fast, sprint oh. from one side of the court to the other, turned around. She made like a backward shot over she her head the Euro the top. and then she yeah, that was very impressive. Yeah. So stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I do want to see how that style of play matches up against the style of play of some of the elite guys that we might see on an all-star team. Yeah. I would love to see something like that. I think people would pay some big money on both sides. Yes. Number one, to just see what it would be like. And then, you know, the a-holes out there who are like, women can't fucking play basketball. They're so terrible. I could beat them in a a 1v1. And I'm like, no, you freaking can't. I would love to see that too, because she would, any of them would dominate you. However, you would see money on both sides, right? People who want the women Mm -hmm. to fail 
because they love to see the world burn. And then the people who are like, you know, this might be a really fun game to watch, right? Right, especially yes. if the teams are mixed. Yeah, if the right. teams are mixed, but also you pick teams that make sense. Yes. Right? I mean, you're picking teams to win. Like when you are on the playground and you're picking your teammates and you're like, oh man, I need someone that's fast and then I need you, right? Like going back back to the day when you're on the playground and it didn't, gender didn't matter. Right? right. Like I remember playing and people would like pick me and top one of the top picks because they're like, she's super, super fast in football. I was so fast and I was very aggressive in two hand touch that I like broke a dude's nose once accidentally. It was two hand touch, but I two hand touched him into a fence and he broke his nose. <laughs> like that was not, I didn't mean to do that. I was just very strong, you know? So for me, I really want to see it be like, Steph Curry is like, oh, I want Diana Taurasi on my team, right? Or the the commercial, the CarMax commercial with Steph Curry and Sue Bird, right? Yeah. Like them together. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I just, I can't believe it. Today's my day. I got to sell this to, you know, like a four-time championship winner. And Steph is like, I've only won three or whatever the number was. And she's like, yeah. oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Sue, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's I love that commercial. <laughs> no, <the> commercial. <laughs> But I mean, I know that players like that who are very forward thinking, who are just like kind people who are also great and respect the game would love to do something like this. You can't 100%. tell me that Steph Curry wouldn't be like, if I got to play on the same team as Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi and like a mixed team, he would be like, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's do it. Because it's about the game. Exactly. And speaking of the money in it, even when Brittany Griner made her comments about DeMarcus Cousins. There were so many people who were like, yeah, I would put money on that. I would pay yeah. money to see yes, it. Yes. So the interest is definitely there. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> Brittany Griner has been trying to get into the NBA for quite some time now. Because I remember back in the day when she was just out of, <coughs> excuse me, she was just out of college and she like had a meeting with Mark Cuban and was like, I want to be on your team. And he's like, I mean, what? And she was like, I want to play for you and the Maz. And he's like, I mean, where would you stay? And she was like, I don't care. You know, like it was right. like a funny conversation. But she's like, out. you think that I haven't seen this before? Like I'm a human <laughs> being on earth. I've seen penises and I've seen men naked in a locker room. Like I'm not really worried about, you know, right, where yeah. I'm going to be or whatever. And like, it was kind of like they had a banter, you know, like he wasn't being misogynistic in that way. But anytime there's a first, right, the first person to break a four minute mile, people mm -hmm. are like, you cannot scientifically break a four minute mile. And then once it was broken, it was like 20 people within the span of like a week mm -hmm. also broke it. So it's just like yeah. that mentality. You need a challenge. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. If you challenge these people to raise mm -hmm. the game, you might be very pleasantly surprised at what happens from something like this. But until you try it, you're never going to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Sure. And I think they just need incentive because I think it's not hard to figure out how to get men and women on the same team, especially <laughs> if it's one woman and you have to find somewhere to put her. It's not that hard. But I think what it is is that a lot of people don't think that figuring that out is is worth their effort. And they just have to be convinced that, you know, it is money is the motive. effort. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And once they once they realize the money is there, I, I think their minds will change. I I completely agree. A lot of time it's it's ingrained fear that something is not going to work and letting that fear stop you from putting any action forward as at, at, at all. You know, it's like, what could it hurt? 
What could it hurt to have publicity around something like this, hype it up, have a game like this? Okay, not as many viewers view it as you want, but what if more than what you expected view? What if there's like 10 times more? What if people are willing to pay for this? What if people are like, oh, we really want a game like this next year? Like, oh, let's have a whole league surrounding this. Or like, let's have a whole tournament series like Summer League, except let's have a tournament where instead of Summer League, it's WNBA rookies and NBA rookies playing together on a team. Like, do it at Summer League. You already have the facilities. You already have the courts. You already have the scouts going. You already have, I mean, you already have it. You're already not investing a lot in broadcast and marketing. (laughs) So it's like, what? Just do it at Summer League then. Have a day, (laughs) have half a day, have six hours, have one hour, have one game. Just do it. And then that's going to be really cool. And maybe you'll get people that weren't interested in Summer League coming out to Summer League or watching these Summer League games. Because right. they're like, oh, well, I get to see Diana Taurasi or I get to see Dijanae Carrington or I get to see Sue Bird or I get, okay. It, you know, like, I mean, what could it freaking hurt? It couldn't. Maybe right. bruise your ego a little bit because you were freaking wrong that you thought it wouldn't work. Well, That's it. Sounds like a personal problem. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of trying new things and not being afraid, um, I want to talk about the NIL a little bit because the NIL is putting some athletes in a position where, you know, they have these opportunities. So they do have to try new things, especially when it comes to women athletes. I think when it wasn't an option for young women athletes to brand themselves, I think a lot of people didn't put a lot of thought into what they would do if given that opportunity. Now it's come over the summer. It's here. Um, And so I want to talk a little bit about what this means for female athletes specifically, because when I first heard about the NIL rule changes, my first thought was like, well, this will be great for young collegiate women who are athletes, because now instead of depending on the school to promote them in a certain way, they can actually take control over their own brand. They can market themselves as individuals. And this could be like game changing for women athletes, right? Especially the ones who go from college to pro level. Um, But something else that's been happening in the recent weeks is you've got the situation with the reorganization of these college conferences. So we've got um, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma accepting invitations to join the SEC, which is supposed to happen in 2025. And now you've also got the ACC, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that are forming a coalition that some people think um, is to counter the SEC and that some people think will ultimately kind of usurp Become, the mm-hmm. NCAA in a way. The reason why this concerns me is that when we saw the situation with the disparities between the March Madness tournaments um, a few months ago, one thing that a lot of people woke up to was the fact that the NCAA is not actually bound by Title IX. They talk a lot about equality on their website, but they're not legally bound by Title IX the way that schools are which means these coalitions that these schools are forming, which seem to be kind of a money grab, also technically won't be bound by Title IX unless something changes with the wording and enforcement of Title IX, which means if these schools are focusing even more on money and they seem to be focusing even more on football, especially, we'll see what happens with basketball. It kind of creates an opportunity where women athletes in college who are already trying to get equal treatment, equal marketing, equal broadcasting, could end up being left in the dust by the powers that be just getting to a point where it's like, we don't care. And now we don't have to even pretend to care. So what would you say to young women athletes who might say like, Hey, I see this coming too. And I need to know how to hold my school or my establishment accountable. Well, the schools are still bound by title nine. 
So they still have to have, you know, the same number of scholarships provided to men as women in those particular sports. So they're still bound by it. I, it, a lot of this instability, I would call it, around conference alignment and CAA rules and regulations, I see it as a good thing, the shakeup of everything that's happening. The, For instance, March Madness not being able to be used with the women's NCAA tournament. When that got publicity by uh, what Sedona Prince, mm-hmm. what happened? Now, <laughs> the NCAA lost its case in the Supreme Court of the United States, NCAA v. Alston. Players can now, collegiate athletes can now monetize their name, image, and likeness. The women's championship is now also being used with March Madness, which means that they are now getting buku bucks, supposedly, if everything goes according to plan, they're able to use March Madness as well. So that means that women's basketball has already gotten a huge freaking bump by being able to use that trademarked name, right? So now that is a positive thing. So now that athletes are able to monetize their name, image, and likeness as well and have platforms to speak out about certain disparities, I think they're actually well poised to not be taken advantage of because people are on notice now, right? The Supreme Court of the United States, the senators, the legislature, the state legislatures, they all know what the NCAA does. Right. And they're keenly aware now of the discrepancies. They're keenly aware of sport in general because they're keenly aware of money. <laughs> right. So they understand the sports betting. They understand the name, image, and likeness legislation. They're getting involved. These legislatures <clears throat> and these powers that be, these governments are getting involved in sport so much more at such a rapid, more rapid pace than they have in previous years. They're very, very invested now in collegiate athletics and professional athletics in a way that they haven't been before, in my opinion. So I urge athletes who are female to recognize what you want to do now and in the future with your athletic career, but also with your life in general, your professional and personal life in general, and start building a brand around that. It doesn't have to be around your sport, right? You can be monetizing your name, image, and likeness based around something else that you find exciting. And maybe some of the fans that watch you, they also want to know about things that you're doing off the court. So maybe that's a natural fan. But just because you play a sport doesn't mean that the people who watch you are the people that you should be building a business for right? Build a business around something you're passionate about, whether it's your sport or not, and then go from there. And it's just, it's a very exciting time for them because now you could potentially build a business while you're going to school and being an athlete. And then when you graduate, you already have, you know, three years of business experience because you built a business, you formed an LLC, you had a business manager, you did you know, a subscription box sale or something. You did signings of your merchandise. You created a merchandise line. You became the face of a brand and you had to work with a big multinational company to be a brand ambassador for them. It's really exciting because you're getting real world experience 
So when you leave college and you apply for jobs, if you end up not playing professionally, then you don't have the weird question of like, well, what experience do you have? And you're like, well, I just graduated. However, I have three years of business experience because I built a business. Let me talk to you about the revenue, right? So it's almost right. like they are now able to do paid internships where they're the boss that can then go on their resume so that they are marketable when they leave school. I mean, for me, it is perfect because female athletes, in my experience, having been an, a female athlete, having friends who are division one collegiate athletes, we're badass, right? And so the fact that like, we're able to juggle so many things on top of all the misogyny that we have to deal with and all the hyper-sexualization of our sports and sexual harassment that we deal with all the time, you know, being drugged on campus. I mean, there's so much shit that we have to deal with as females in life, but also on campus. Now we are able to be like, oh, hold on a second. Now I can make money during my time here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm able to do that and build a brand and do all of these things and be a badass, not only on the court, but off the court as well. So I'm really excited. And I wish more female athletes would start thinking about it in like a really positive and exciting way and recognizing that there's so much more than their sport because right. then we would be having some really phenomenal businesses and some really phenomenal employees coming out of college, right? Some great candidates to like hire at your at your corporations if they didn't want to have their own brand. So it's it's exciting. I'm very excited about it. So for someone who's listening to you and they're like, hmm, that's a good idea. Maybe I can establish something outside of my sport. What are some things that a young woman should take into consideration because I know you mentioned that, you know, women are poised to hold establishments accountable in, in ways that they weren't before and that a lot more light is being shed on that kind of thing. Do you think that's the way to go as like uh, being more of an activist, speaking truth to power? Or do you think that there are other ways that it might be a good idea for um, a collegiate woman athlete to use her position? So what they should do first is figure out what you're really passionate about, right? So what is something that you're really passionate about that you want to build something around? And so some people that might be social justice reform, that might be uh, abortion laws, that might be puppy rescuing, right? I mean, there might be certain things that they just have a passion around. I mean, it might be, you know, getting more women into the game, or it might be dressing however you want and creating your own merchandise line that says, you know, like bad bitch on it or whatever it is that you want to do. But you have to figure out what are you trying to say? What are your core values? And I've talked with both of you guys about this before, right? Like, what are your core values? What are you trying to do in the world? And once they start to get that under their belt and they recognize like, oh, this is what I'm wanting to do. Okay, now I can build a business around it. Things are going to be a lot more clear. And so there are going to be some athletes who are very vocal about things that they see that they don't like that are wrong. They're going to take a very proactive, strong, opinionated stance on it. Okay, that's fabulous. But maybe you're not that athlete. Maybe you're someone who's like quietly on the sidelines trying to change things by your demeanor and your language and the way that you act and the things that you say and the parties you do go to and the parties you don't go to and the events that you attend and the events that you don't attend. And so like maybe you're much more soft spoken in that way. That's OK. But what would you do? Right. What is something with that that you can still say, I'm fighting for X, Y and Z and building a brand around equality, diversity, equity, inclusion or 
puppy rescuing, right? But you want to do it in like your own way. That's what's so important with NIL. You want to do things in your own way that feels natural to you. Just because a company approaches you and says that they want you to be a brand ambassador doesn't mean you have to say yes. Just because someone's willing to pay you to do something doesn't mean that you should take it. Not all money is meant for you. Not all free advice is meant for you, right? So you should see what is natural to you and then go that way. But don't try to do something because you think it's the thing you're supposed to be doing with name, image, and likeness. Just because every other person on your team is getting paid per post for some like random company that's coming to them, like, you know, supplement tablets or something, just because everybody's doing that and they're getting a quick buck, it doesn't mean that it goes along with your brand or your ethos ethos or your values or what you're trying to do in the world. Because some of these athletes want to change the way things are going and the way things are presented and the way women are treated and they want to change the establishment. So is partnering with a supplements brand where the CEO, you know, has a million scandals associated with his name, does that really mesh with the brand that you're trying to build in the direction you're trying to go as a human? Probably not. So saying no to the money might make people around you say you're stupid, you should have just taken the money. But down the road, you're going to be very happy that you made that decision because it's going to be in line with what you want to do. And maybe down the road, you won't be caught up in some weird scandal that involves this weird CEO, right? Yeah. So and maybe you'll make more money down the road because you were like, you know what? No, let me let me wait for a brand that aligns with me in order to say yes to this money. So do what's natural for you. So it it sounds like step number one is figure out kind of what's important to you and not only what's important, but how you want to address that it. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is definitely. there anything else that you would say, like anything that they should keep in mind? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, be careful <laughs> what agreements you're finding. <laughs> be careful. You know what you're agreeing to. But at the end of the day, don't see other female athletes as your competition, right? Mm -hmm. Share the pot, share the wealth. If you're working with a company or a brand and you think it'd be phenomenal alignment for one of your other teammates, don't think in your minds, oh man, I really shouldn't, I shouldn't do that because it might take money out of my pocket. No, still be doing nice things. I'm hearing stories, unfortunately, and it happens on the man's, men's side too, but we're talking about female athletes. So I specifically heard a story from a platform that helps match athletes with deals, specifically college athletes and some pro athletes as well. And someone came to this woman and she was a volleyball player. And they said, oh, we'd love to sign up your whole, whole team for our platform. And she's like, no, I don't think my teammates would be that interested in it because she was worried that if they also signed up, it might take deals away from her. Right. Wow. Uh, but at the end of the day, you are different than your teammates. You're different than the ladies on the soccer team. You're different than the ladies on the basketball team, the tennis team. You're a different commodity. You're a different person. And if you start to see what's most important to you, then the deals that are important to you are probably not going to be the deals that are necessarily important right. to your teammates. You guys are different people. You have different values. You have different things that you want to do. So Share the wealth with them and don't think of them as your competition. Think of them as you guys are building a strong brand right. together. It's already hard enough as a female athlete 
yeah to do yeah. this stuff and to get any promotion whatsoever for you to like deny it for your own teammates like that's exactly like me. you're part of the you're part of the problem with monetary right exactly yeah. exactly, women exactly. Are playing, if you are not uplifting right exactly women that are in sports right so i definitely want people to walk away from listening to this and recognize that you are different than the other people that you think you're competing against. You're not competing against each other, right? Like as women in sport, whether we're athletes or in the front office, we're not competing against each other, right? Yeah. Like yes. we need to make sure that we are helping and building each other up because if we're in fighting and we already have men that are fighting against us and then we also have women that are fighting against us, who's fighting yes. for us, you know? Right, like, exactly. Once we get up there and we're able to like have the luxury of fighting against each other, like sure, fight all day. Yeah. Like we don't have the luxury. <laughs> but we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we are, we are not at the level to be able to infight and still make money. Like we can't do yeah. that. Exactly. Like if I keep my teammate away from an opportunity because she's another woman athlete like I'm no better than the other people who yeah. just think women athletes shouldn't have certain opportunities because exactly. I'm keeping other exactly. women athletes from opportunities yeah, exactly. Problem. exactly you don't want to be the exactly. problem you want to be the solution maybe long way down the road maybe you know we will have the luxury of being able to fight with each other, but we cannot <laughs> do that right now. We're not an old, rich, white dude sitting up in his penthouse <laughs> who's able to like fight, like pick fights with his other old, rich, white dudes and then go play golf. Like we do not have the ability to do that and be like, oh man, I screwed you out of a million dollars. Ha ha ha. Let's go drink, you know, mimosas yeah, on the golf only. course. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you drink mimosas on a golf course, but like, you know what I mean? Like we don't have the luxury to do that. We're not at that level yet. So let's fight for each other let's not fight against each other i agree 100 percent. well on that note i definitely want to respect your time like yes. always so anybody listening to this if you have any more questions about nil or you want advice guidance want to be able to ask some questions about the process definitely reach out to alex once again, that's yourpotentialforeverything.com. You can find all of her information there and get in touch with her if you like what she's saying right now. Yes, well, you should you anyways. So <laughs> this was so much fun. I enjoy talking to both of you. It is, it's so fun and refreshing to have this type of conversation because you guys are so down to earth and it's really nice. Aw, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> same, same. Yes, You're our favorite guest you. so far. Yes. Thanks for coming again. Thanks for coming to the show. Yes. Again. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. I said she was our favorite guest, like we had other guests. I didn't know. But <laughs> <laughs> so far she's a favorite. For sure. But but no, for real. I'll take these out. Yeah, no, I need to get that headphone out too. I I only wanted to say one thing. I don't I like I know things back home where I come from are very different university and college mm -hmm. all that in that way but I just wanted to point out one thing that people in college right now being able to make a brand of them of themselves are so lucky right now uh, one of my sister's best friends she's 22 and she's a pro soccer player that makes $200 a month wow legit does she have like, the option to to market herself i'm not sure how that works back home i don't know what that would take for her uh but it's just crazy she plays for a pro team she plays for a semi pro team she coaches two teams and still makes that out of all that 200 a month man that is wild 
So let me get here. I'm not making yes. shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Same. Right, right, right. But like, you know, like if you have the chance to do it, like follow Alex's uh, uh, advice and suggestions and do what you can to do that. Not stepping on anybody else. That's so clear. But yeah, do what you can because other people can't even get anything pretty much. So, Right. And I was really glad that she added that at the end because as much as I think about this topic, that was one thing that I personally had not thought a lot about was yeah. about, you know, the the um, competition between women athletes who might see this as like a situation where, okay, well, there, there just aren't very many opportunities out there. Let me get mine. Right. And then yeah. just, yeah, and know, fuck the I, rest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I just can't see like any of us in the team like doing any of that. I I can't see it either. But also, we've never had the opportunity in True, our sport. Fair, that's fair. Pretty much, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> it's facts. Pretty much everybody in our sport who has money making opportunities, a lot of it comes from if they're able to like sell their skills as a coach, right, right, and right. they're able to like go do clinics or the people who do get sponsorships, it's just kind of this thing like, oh, well, they're really popular. Like Peace yeah. being sponsored by Stakes or, you know, Freight Train being po- sponsored by, by Rydell. Rydell. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I'm far from a Freight Train. So oh, I don't yeah. even expect, <laughs> you know, I don't even expect to be sponsored by Rydell. I know, I but, know. You know, if there was some like local gym or a local restaurant who was sponsoring one of them, I, I do think we might be like, okay, like, well, you know, how do we share that with the whole team? And I right. and I have seen them right. try to, you know, I think that's how we got the S one sponsorship or and stuff like that. Right. Um, kind of shouting out all these brands. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Cheryl, community. the Derby community. <laughs> so yeah, I say that to say like there are times when those uh, benefits can be shared, and the whole team does benefit from those big names on the team, and then there are times where it's just like you know they they get to kind of keep a sponsorship for themselves but yeah. i think we've just become so used to the way that things are done that we don't even wouldn't think about yeah that. we don't even yeah. think about it yeah. you know i agree I but agree. i do want to address what some might consider an elephant in the room when it comes to women marketing themselves and that's this idea i think it's come up in the past with the nba um and just just women athletes in general we, we saw it with like melandre football league but this uh-huh. idea that women athletes need to be sexier or more attractive in order Fuck to off. market <laughs> in they a can, nutshell <laughs> they can still but, be athletes they don't need to look any certain way just to fit in your fucking box okay the reason why I wanted to address it Sorry. is because to cut you nah, off like nah, you're good. You're good. Like in a nutshell, you know, that's that's the vibe. Fuck off. <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to address it is because we do get emails and responses and you know voice messages sometimes to these episodes. So I I just I anticipate somebody saying something about it. So that's why I just wanted to put this out there. So we've got the X League, which was formerly Legends Football League, which was formerly the Lingerie Football League. Like that's pretty much. I would like, never understand that. That <sighs> their model is pretty much look at these sexy women now come watch them play football, and it hasn't it hasn't worked out well for them. They're down to eight teams right now. They're still postponed uh, after the pandemic, and they won't be back until summer of 2022 at the earliest. Um, Austin had a uh, Legends Football League team here. That team has since folded. Yeah. So that's just one example of how that doesn't work. You've got buns in basketball, which did increase in popularity over the summer. But as far as we can tell, they, they're at like 100,000 followers. They have events in Atlanta, Charlotte, and Richmond. And if, they, if they're growing the way that they want to grow, props to them. 
looking at their marketing, it's kind of similar to the X League, where it's like, yeah, look at these fat asses. Now come watch them play basketball. Yeah. Now the what I call the OnlyFans model, I think that works for individuals. Like when you have yeah, yes. when you only have to worry about yourself and yes. you're only making money for yourself and you don't have the overhead of a whole staff that is managing a team yeah. and what it costs to rent out arenas and the amount of marketing that you have to do, which you know, for something like OnlyFans, you still have to market yourself, but it's not like the marketing that you have to do for, for a sports team, right? Oh, yeah. It's a completely different market. It's, <laughs> it's it's like it's like I can see where they're going with that model, but I feel like like that's a big part of the reason why it doesn't work because the things that make people attracted to the kinds of women who sell sex and who sell pornography or any other kind of sex work i think i think that model just doesn't necessarily work for taking care of an entire sports team so the fact that the, that the fact that buns and basketball has a hundred thousand followers not surprised <laughs> you know the fact that they are selling out some of their events not surprised. A lot of them are held in relatively small gyms in these cities. Yeah, but so. And, you know, like I said, hopefully their model is working out for them. I don't know what their goal is. I don't know if they're trying to go nationwide yeah. or if they're like, yeah, we're just trying to do these events, make a little money, get some followers, you know, sell these, you know, services online, whatever. I don't know what it is. But I say all that to say they're not reaching the level of the WNBA. Oh. And so if you're like for us, I uh, saw online where some people were, um, let's just say, very into the idea of the NBA, of the WNBA allowing their players to wear shorter shorts, which they are wearing now. But I think some people looked at it as like shorter shorts equaling, you know, we're going to see some cheeks and that's not what it is. But the WNBA, it's a different product. So I'm just putting yeah. that out there for anybody that might hit us up like, oh, women should be sexier. On the flip side, there's a common argument that's like, a woman should be more conservative and respectful. Um, and they don't want to think too much outside the box if they want to get attention. Um, and I don't think that works out either. One, um, it puts women in a box. And we talked on our last episode about how much we don't like boxes. We don't like boxes. I don't like boxes. Fuck boxes. Yes. Um, two, it creates this hierarchy among women. Um, and we just see in society these repeated attempts to make a hierarchy among women as though some types of women are better than others. And so ultimately that just doesn't work out very well for women either. Um, and so I just wanted to say, like, I don't want any comments either on like, oh, like bitch one doesn't like, or, or doesn't uh, uh, agree with like, sexy women making money out of sports. No, like by any means, whatever you want to do, do it. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't or you can't. Whatever you want to do. I just oh, want yeah. to make that clear. I, yeah, I'm not saying by the way that. I said it, it just sounded, I feel like it sounded like, and that's not what I meant, so. Yeah, neither of us is saying that like women yeah. shouldn't be sexy. Like, have you have you seen my roller derby uniform? <laughs> <laughs> if, you like, it, if you haven't, if you haven't, please. If you want to see women playing in shorts, shorts, showing cheeks. Come watch me play roller derby. I love my derby uniform. Um, Who doesn't but, love your derby <laughs> uniform? But I don't blame any WNBA player who would not play in my derby uniform. That's all That's all I'm saying. Like, it's, it's a different it's a, it's a different vibe. Um, so, on that note, so what? what is the approach that women should take? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like what Alex was saying is it's it's cool. Like whatever, like you feel like your passion is, and whatever your values and your morals 
full like that's what you should go to um like if you want to go only fan style by any means do it like sell whatever you want to sell to make money i'm, I'm actually curious if any schools are going to start making rules against that because you know how they love to regulate what women do and how they present oh no themselves. shit so mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if some of these women athletes are like, oh, my name, image, and likeness? Here's how I'm putting it out there and uh -huh. see how their school responds. Uh, you I, know, you're right. You're yeah, right. We'll you're see. Right. We'll see how that but goes. That was kind of a trick question. And here's why. Because whatever the answer is, we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so for real, the WNBA, they're doing well. I'm so glad that the audience is growing. And yeah. I think they're headed in the right direction. But we have yet to see a women's professional team make as much money as their male counterpart. Yeah. So as we're That's... having these discussions, like, yeah, I want to think about the typical stuff like, okay, what is a good way for women to present themselves? Because I think having those conversations gives women ideas and helps them think about what works for them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like neither side right now can really say what's right or what's wrong, you know? Yeah, because I feel like it doesn't exist. Like you said, like it hasn't been invented it, yet. It doesn't exist yet. Which is exciting because it means we have room to be creative yeah. and just kind of see what works. Because it's not like there's something that we can point to and be like, oh, they did it the right way. If we don't do it like them, we're not yeah. doing it right. We can just be like, look, they tried that. We're going to try this. Somebody's going to yeah. figure out. Somebody's <laughs> going to figure out what works. And when we do, we'll yeah. share it with everybody else. I feel you like know? we've talked about this before, but do you feel it's also because they're not, they're not, they're targeting a very specific crowd the women athletes in general well yeah women's sports yeah well i don't think women's sports are targeting a specific crowd i think there's a specific crowd that's paying attention to them right now but i think the reason the main reason why we haven't seen what works with women athletes i think comes down to the fact that um, it's newer than men's sports it's newer than men's sports yeah. and i think the first instinct was to try to copy the men's model all yeah. the way mm -hmm. i think there are certain things that will work for women's sports so like for for men's sports the big four what really helped them out was in the 60s when they had that boom in national broadcasting right so them having um more broadcasting which led to more sponsorships brought a lot of money into their sports that they weren't getting otherwise right now there's not as much room in the market and when i say not enough not as much room. What I mean is the powers that be that already hold on to a certain market share, they're going to fight for that, right. right? They're going to fight to keep it. But what I do see the WNBA doing is, like I said earlier, they're putting some of their games on Facebook Live, on Amazon Prime. They're having their playoffs presented by YouTube TV. They're making it so easy for people to watch them. So even though they don't have that opportunity like the men had in the 60s to grab that national broadcasting while it's new, yeah. they're grabbing all these other things, right? Yeah. And so I think that's going to really help in the future. Because that's how I watched. The game I watched last night, I watched on Amazon Prime. If it oh, hadn't cool. been on Amazon Prime, I might not have been able to watch it at all because I would have missed the game. I was right. training a client right. when that game started. But because it was on Amazon Prime, I was able to come home, pull up Amazon Prime, and then and watch, watch it, it after the fact. Right. And then come on this podcast and talk about <laughs> it with all of you. So, I mean, stuff like that makes a difference. Same thing with YouTube TV. The fact that I can go in, type in WNBA, and just yeah. be like, record everything. Shout out, yes. Shout means, out to YouTube TV. Yeah. <laughs> this is not an ad. <laughs> this is not an ad. But, but, but shout they really out. are awesome. because, gosh. <laughs> yeah, they've saved our, our shit for a long time. Um, so, yeah. It, I, I think 
I think it comes down to this idea of like, it's kind of like the chicken versus the egg conversation when it's like, which is going to come first? Women presenting their brand and then growing the sport through how they present their own personal brand? Or does the sport sport, need to be popular mm -hmm. first in order for For women's personal brands to have value? Now, in the case of real chickens and eggs, we don't actually know which came first because Mm -hmm. we weren't there, right? Right. But in in today's day and age, we know we need chickens to make eggs. That's just facts. And so (laughs) I think in this situation, it just comes down to deciding which one of these is the chicken. Right, right. And I personally think that it's women promoting their own personal brand. I think that's the chicken. Okay. I can see that. I can see that because if a if a woman athlete gets a certain uh, amount of followers or whatever, it's going to be easier for that person to show up in your feed having more followers. So, and then it's going to bring more attention to the sport that that woman plays. Exactly. Exactly. They can use their personal brand to promote their sport. Exactly. Yes. Um, I, I think you may be right. You may be right. Yeah. So we shall see. I really do hope these collegiate women athletes do take advantage of this opportunity to put themselves out there. And I hope so too. I hope so too. Go I want to see where it goes. Eat the world. Like, <laughs> do it. Do it. We couldn't do it. You do it for us. Yeah. Um, real quick, like one one example of us going in the right direction, but maybe need to needing to dial it back. I don't know if you saw the Nike commercial, the greatest dynasty ever commercial. I didn't see it. We might talk about it next time because I know okay. we're running low on time. So we gotta get to practice, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about it next time because okay. um it, it was controversial. So anybody who's listening, look that up. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in a day and age where celebrity is currency. We're seeing it with Deion Sanders helping with uh, HBCUs. And I think we're going to see it with women athletes. Mm -hmm. So, um, on that, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up. I didn't get to the other shout outs that I wanted to get to. So I was just (laughs) super excited about one of them. (laughs) Which, which one? Oh, the, the ones for the Cowboys. All right. No, just the one, just person's mom. (laughs) Just the one. All right. I was so excited. Shout out to Sharice Parsons. Yes. Who made a wonderful home-cooked meal yes. for Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons, who has been on just about every episode of Hard Knocks complaining about how hungry he is and how they don't all have enough time. snacks. That's all I can Once say. again, Cowboys, a few years ago, the slogan was Feed Zeke. Now it's Feed Micah, okay? Give this man some snacks. <laughs> But shout out to Sharice Parsons for feeding not only Micah, but for feeding several yeah, members of yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and shout out to Micah for buying his mom such a beautiful home. Yes, that was Did really nice. Did you see nice. the, the in the last episode when he brought that blanket to the linebacker meeting? And the coach was like, you brought it. your blanket with you? And he's like, it's my blanket from college. Oh! oh my God, why, is so, why is he so adorable? <laughs> Why is he so adorable? He's becoming one of my favorites. Dude. I'm he's he's definitely he one has, of my favorites. He, he has a place in my heart for sure. <laughs> he's too cute. He's um, cute. speaking of people being fed well, though, um, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Chef Hoppy. Um, he's a personal chef for several of the Cowboys as well. But I saw him in the scene at CD Lamb's home, and okay, so when I saw that scene. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, a lot of guys sometimes in lieu of a date, they'll be like, come over, come over. Uh-huh. And I was like, if it was CD Lamb, though, <laughs> I think I might actually do it because his house looked really nice. Like, OK, so like one, he pays impeccable attention to detail and aesthetic. 
He really likes when things smell good, which means he cares that things are clean. He always has like nice candles burning. And then on top of that, like, I don't know what his chef was cooking, but whatever it was, it looked delicious. <laughs> so if CD Lamb was like, instead of us going out, I think you should come over. I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah let's right. do it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, CD, like, you know, if you're down for dinner, dinner and an interview, me and bitch one are down to come over. Have your chef come over. He can cook whatever it was he cooked in episode five of Hard Knocks. You let us know. Delicious. You let us know. Let we'll us make know. the time. We'll we'll clear we will, our schedule. We will drive up know. there. We'll we'll make it happen. Um, <laughs> that just looks like a really good time. Um, but speaking of the Cowboys, they play Tampa Bay tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's, we change practice, y'all. We change practice. We, we practice on Thursdays. I don't know if we should have said that out loud, but whatever. It I, is it's what fine. It is. It's fine. We change it to Wednesday. We can watch the game. What are you expecting to see? Do I have to be honest? One hundred percent. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm assuming the Tampa Bay is gonna win, uh, but I'm hoping it's not gonna be a blowout. I'm hoping it's gonna be a. They're gonna put up a fight. I'm hoping it's gonna be good. I'm hoping you know. Lamb is gonna fucking scratch that at least, you know. <laughs> Same. I was uh, I was thinking about that scene where where Michael was saying how he wanted to sack Tom Brady, and I'm like, I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he does. Yes. Now yes. I'd be lying if I said I expected the Cowboys to win. Well, no. that's why I was like, do I have to be honest? I would love the Cowboys. We to haven't win. even seen the starters play together during during preseason, right? Um. Oh, I was. Danucci was getting a lot of the reps. He's not even on the roster right now he's not on the, he didn't even make practice squad but he they put it back on on the practice squad yeah that was breaking this yesterday because he, he didn't get picked up so right 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 um and neither was hardy and i was very sad because i really liked him but they put him back <laughs> on the practice squad so i'm very happy about right. it what i wanted to say is that i'm very excited to see uh dak play yes because he didn't like this is me my perspective my opinion i feel like because he didn't get to play as much on the training camp and everything that he's coming hungry. He yes. cut his season very short last season and the recovery and then the shoulder. And I feel like he's gonna is he's gonna show up tomorrow. And I really hope he's gonna he's gonna come like hungry for it. One of the things I like about hard knocks is being able to see a different perspective mm -hmm. of Dak because People talked about him as being the leader of this team, but I'd never really seen any personal examples of his attitude and his mindset. Yeah. And that's why I'm not worried about Dak. Some people are like, oh, well, you know, he he had that injury and that's going to be on his mind. And he didn't get as many reps during preseason, right, during camp. Right, right, But watching the way that he was still leading his team, mm -hmm. the way he was still interacting with his teammates, the, the very obvious fact that they still have a high level of respect for him. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not worried about Dak. Like I, I feel oh, no. like he has the right mindset to just yeah. go on the field and and do and his it. job. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, like, am I worried about the fact that he's not bringing his best defensive lineman? You know, that's an issue. But for some reason, I just don't feel like that bothers him as much yeah. as it bothers us watching. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm just I'm just really hoping that what I what I gather out of watching Hard Knocks and watching him throughout it, it it's that uh, he's coming hungry he's coming in hot so i'm, I'm excited i'm excited to watch it i'm actually excited to i want to see dak have a good game 
Zeke. I want to see Zeke, Zeke have a good game. <laughs> Definitely want to see CD Lamb have a good game. Oh, hell yeah. Want to see yeah. Micah have a good game. Yes. That's what I want. Even if they don't win, I want to walk away being like, yes, the it Cowboys are on it. Yes, this year. yes. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, they, even if they don't win, like, I wanted, like, I want them to show up. Yeah. It's, it's hard to predict a win in this situation. You've got the, the champions from last year, all 22 starters returning. <laughs> They've had more time together to gel. Yeah. Like, it's just hard to predict that, especially with Tom Brady. Like, he's having way too much fun. <laughs> and everybody knows when you have an athlete that that's elite, that's that elite, yeah. and they just seem like they're having that much fun, that's when you should be scared. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not scared of anything. Like, yeah. the, when people get to that point, I'm just like, oh, shit, they are really about to turn it up. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. I'll be watching. You'll I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching. Anything else you want to add before we shut down the stream? Um, I don't think so. All right. I think well, we um, pretty much almost everything. Yeah, we did okay actually with the time and everything. We did okay. <laughs> we did okay. Um, hopefully this doesn't sound like a hot mess once it's edited and put up. We've I've never worked with Streamyard before. I've never worked on time limits before. Well, um, it's quick be shout great. out to Azir Kamara for making the 50 oh, yes. man roster. Yes, Good job. Yes, yes. Quick shout out to Isaac Alacone for um remaining on the practice squad. Yes. I like his attitude too. I, I think he's going to keep getting better and I can't wait yeah. to see where that goes. Not to mention that it does a lot for other people who want to take the same pathway. Cause even yeah. though it's just him right now, the fact that he's staying good enough season after season and mm -hmm. they're seeing improvement. They considered yeah. him for the roster this year. Yeah. I feel like whenever this opportunity comes up again, they're not going to be so quick to shut it down. Cause they're going to be like, Oh, well this guy did okay. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. this next guy can do even better. Yeah. So keep opening doors for your people. Keep setting an example, being an inspiration. Um, I love to see it. I love to see Vamos it. Vamos equipo! <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That wraps up another episode of Bitches Love Sports. Bye.